Welcome to 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we not only have one guest, we actually have two guests as we react to the loss to the Buffalo Bills. Is Kyle Shanahan changing his mind on how he looks at quarterbacks? Could Dak Prescott be heading to the Bay? And we'll take a look ahead on Sunday at the game versus the Washington football team. But joining us today, they are two of my favorite people that cover the 49ers. I love talking with these guys. Let's welcome on Akeem and Blair from the 49ers Empire Podcast. Let's start with the defense, guys. The Niners and Bills face each other on Monday. The Niners unfortunately lost 34-24 to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it was, in my opinion, a pitiful performance from what is supposed to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. But I want to start with Robert Sala. His name was floated around all week in regards to, is he going to Detroit? Is he going to Chicago? Wherever it will be, you can place Robert Sala's name there. And, of course, the Michigan the, the Michigan legislator said, they put a letter together asking the Lions to sign Sala. But on Monday versus the Bills, Sala's number one, number two, whatever it is, ranked defense, had a hard time stopping Josh Allen. And, more importantly, this defense... Other than that first quarter where it was really slow and the game really hadn't picked up pace yet, they couldn't stop anybody. Whether it was Sherman not being able to cover a corner on a crossing route, or Verrett getting burnt by Stephon Diggs, or Tarverius Moore not paying attention to to coverage changes, it was a a, utter disaster as to what Monday was for this defense. Uh, So my question is to you guys, and Akeem, we'll start with you. Josh Allen finished Monday with 375 yards and tied a career high with four touchdowns against what is supposed to be the number two passing defense in the NFL. So what do you guys take away from this pitiful performance from this defense that was on Monday? Well, I think one of the biggest things for Robert Sala for me is adjustments. Uh, We've talked about that all year. Um, I I think he struggles with adjustments. If we can't play our style of football, um, he looks very, very below average. Um, He's a good coach. But he, he has to have some level of pass rush. Um, and even then, I, I didn't even see him down in a blitz. So I don't know if the scheme looked like we supposed to be running that against that team. I know that same scheme kind of came from the Cardinals. If you really notice that first week when we played against the Cardinals, they were dinking and dunking us to death. And then we could not stop them on no level. Um, you know, D-Hop got – the same amount of yardage as everybody else in the game. But, uh, you know, I, I just, like I said, he's, he's starting to look like he is a guy who can adjust. Yeah. And that's funny that you say that because I think this came down to Josh Allen. Um, he's a special type of player. He's a special quarterback. You've seen that from the get-go. I mean, he came out, like Akeem just said, dunking and diving. But the best part about Josh Allen was he was running all over the place, right? Then you can move on to the safeties. We can talk about safety play if we want to. It was the defense in its whole, right? Everyone played lousy. Like you said, Richard Sherman didn't look as good. I thought Barrett held his own, okay? But the names that really start to bother me right now, Tavarius Moore, Jimmy Ward. They were out of position constantly. And what happened? We were struck with the one-hit wonder. Jimmy Ward goes up against who? St. Louis. Oh, I'm sorry. L.A. now. They go up against the Rams. I've said it. Akeem has said it. We are going to continue to tear down the Rams. Why? Because we have quarterback or we have a coach that runs the same offense that McVay is trying to run. And so, of course, the players are going to look good. I think Jimmy Ward has to go. I just, I just do. 
He's, he's flashy, but he's not consistent. Tavarius Moore, he looks good sometimes. We're still waiting for him to develop, but this game came down to special quarterback play. Hopefully we see something like that for our Niners going into 2021. Well, let's focus on Salah against mobile quarterbacks, because that's really the issue here, right? Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, even to a certain point Aaron Rodgers. You can go down the list, Lamar Jackson last year. Josh Allen. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes in the the Super Bowl. Like, this seems to be an ongoing problem where the scheme Salah runs, which the other 85, 90% of the time, it's a top 10 defense, top 5 defense. But against these quarterbacks who we're seeing more and more and more of in the NFL, where we're going to see Russell Wilson twice a year, we're, we're now going to see Murray twice a year, and the only outlier there is Jared Goff, who is basically Jimmy Garoppolo with a little more mobility. Um, this new age NFL, where we're seeing more of these guys constantly, where we see a team like Chicago and Washington, where they're going to get some guys in this draft where are they are mobile. Do you think that, th- that this is going to be a problem going forward? And why do you think Robert Sala hasn't been able to adjust? Is it because he plays a team like the Rams and they utterly destroy them? Then he goes into this game, and I know I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys watched the post game press conferences, but Greg Greenlaw said a very telling thing that we knew everything they were doing, we just couldn't stop it. And hearing that from someone who we all love and like, and from a team who we all love and like, who's supposed to be this t- number one, number two ranked defense. Doesn't that sound somewhat troubling where you had the scheme, you had the plan, you knew it was coming, but you just couldn't stop it? Well, I mean, 100%. I mean, I know when I used to play football, um, you know, I even played in college. I played at San Jose State, go Spartans. But um, what I wanted to say is, is that I remember we used to say things like that, but that was like a shot at the coach. So we used to say, man, we just couldn't stop it. It's because you're not dialing up the plays to put us in position to stop it. And, and yeah, I mean, they were doing some things. We're not a great man team, um, but we could have ran cover four. We, we, you know, just like on our, on our podcast, we said we could have ran split coverage where one side is man and one side is zone and flipped it, flopped it and, and made it look a certain way. I mean, that's all about scheme. That's all about trying to confuse even the best of them like Josh Allen, because he, it was, they was playing catch on us. So the mobile quarterback aspect, of him not adjusting to that, I think that's a league-wide thing, but it really, really hurts us in our division because other than other than golf, um, and we dominate the Rams. You see what happens when, when you're not mobile, but Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, we have trouble with. And if he goes down to the list from LeBron Jackson from last year, um, Aaron Rodgers, like you said, and, 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 and now Josh Allen, we have troubles. We're not adjusting. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this before. He's probably going to be the head coach of Detroit Lions. We kind of know that already, right? So we understand this. But we want to see if he calls a defense or he hires a defensive coordinator. If he hires a defensive coordinator, knowing you've been hired for your stellar play calling and defense and your passion, if you hire a defensive coordinator, I believe that this is this this game may be too big for him. He may not last long. If he calls his own plays, then, then Robert Salah believes in himself. I don't know if we can adjust. Um, we, we are totally built for cover three deeps, uh, single high safety. We are totally built for this. And the next guy who comes in is probably going to have to – we're going to have to draft some more athleticism. I was talking about um, our corner. 
um, E-Man, Emmanuel Mosley, how he's tight in the hips. He can't really turn and run too hard, and that's why he can't really play the slot either. Uh, is good. He can open up either way. Sherman is tight in the hips. That's why Sherman only plays one side of the football field. People talked about him about that, but he plays one side of the football. He's kind of he's kind of tight in the hips. Now, of course, we got the freak, you know, Fred Warner in the middle of the field. He can play anything. But if you look at, at Greenlaw, now Greenlaw, he's very athletic too, but he's kind of tight in the hips. Uh, you know, we want to make sure you we understand why we put Marcel Harris at the outside backer. It wasn't because Alshagir was an outside backer, but we wanted Harris to be there because he's he's flexible and he's a better cover guy than Alshagir. And because of what we do, we needed a guy who can cover that a little bit. I know I'm a little long-winded on that, but I, I'm really disappointed in uh, in the scheme we had. I really thought our offense could compete. Uh, Nick Mullins didn't do well, but I do believe um, Robert Sala could have kept us in that game with a few tweaks here and there. And even when he tried, we're getting beat deep. Even when we even when we were trying to come back, we we had rhythm motions. Bang, 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 touchdown. Here we go. They come out wide open, guys. Guys is running wide open on wheel routes. Yeah. And to touch on the point of the defensive line, and when you talk about mobile quarterbacks, you have to think, okay, so this is kind of new for the NFL. Quarterbacks that run, having that risk factor on your team, that's very new. And I believe that defensive lines and players are going to eventually evolve and so right now yeah the Niners play mobile quarterbacks multiple times during the year so you can see us get exposed other teams are getting exposed this is all around the league but what the 49ers are going to do they're going to continue investing in that defensive front it's not a secret why they continue to draft players on the defensive line. They see the quarterbacks evolving. They know what's coming at them. And I think whether Robert Salas here, whoever fills the position, you have to draft special players that can chase these running quarterbacks around. I think that is how you that, – that is the Achilles heel to the mobile quarterback. It's pressure. you got to get pressure. I mean, was Josh Allen tackled at all in the game? I don't know. I mean, his jersey was clean in the fourth he was, quarter. He was sacked once. That's un, it's unacceptable. He he was too comfortable. Anytime a quarterback is comfortable, of course they're going to look good. So the 49ers are going to have to continue to invest. The 49ers are going to have to, I think, work with Nick Bosa. I think he over-pursuits a lot of times, right? And when you're dealing with a mobile quarterback, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, all of those people are going to run right by you. So – there's a lot of evolving that's going to have to happen with this front. And that was kind of the next thing I wanted to hit on was the defensive line where Deion Jordan, who is someone we signed off the practice squad, who was cut before the year even started and, and re-signed back with the team, he was the person who got the lone sack last night. Now, it was it was a great sack. Javon Kinlaw had that that he, he spun out of two different blocks. It was, it was, it was great. But, but again, when that's not accumulating pressure and that's not – forcing Josh Allen out of the pocket, not making him uncomfortable. But the beauty of Josh Allen is he's kind of different than someone uh, like a Kyler Murray where their first instinct maybe is to run. Josh Allen is someone who, when he sees pressure, it doesn't bother him at all. He says, okay, like, that's fine. I'm going to run on the outside. I'm going to find the guy open. Like, that's the beauty of Josh Allen. And he showed it last night where when the Niners have a subpar pass rush, and let's be honest, they do right now, 
and, and they can't get home. Josh Allen saying, I got a wide open field to my right hand side, and I have Cole Beasley coming across that side, and he's wide open with no one around him because Sherman can't cover him. And, and that's what Shanahan likes to build. And Blair, you said this that they like to build defensive out. We all know that's trenches out. And when you can't get home with pressure, then your 33 year old cornerback who is tied in the hips, like Akeem said, he can't cover Cole Beasley, who's 29, four years younger than him, and he's loose in the hips. He's a slot guy for a reason. So, like, it, it seemed like there was just this constant mismatch. Where it was like, what is going on? Why can't we stop this? But the Niners offensive line last night, and this is where I want to change direction here, is that the Bills offensive line, they didn't have a great game, but they had a good enough game and they have a quarterback that can make up for their ill play, shall I say. The Niners offensive line, again, they allowed no sacks on Monday, surprisingly. But Nick Mullins was under pressure all night. And I'm sorry, Tom Compton, Dale Brunskill, and Mike McGlinchey, you're not cutting it, and you haven't been all season. The left side is good enough. Trent Williams is phenomenal. But once you get over to left guard and over, it, it becomes increasingly worse. And when your center and your right guard can't block anybody, unless it's, for some reason, Aaron Donald, for whatever reason that is, like, it, it just it's so frustrating to watch because Nick Mullins, who we can all agree is a career backup, that's all he'll ever be, he's a guy who you don't, you don't want him to face pressure. He's a guy who... If he faces pressure, it's worse than when Garoppolo does or when a Rodgers obviously does. But everyone this year, at least Niner fans are saying this, they, they want a quarterback in the first round. And I'm at a point in, in this season and, and, and where my thoughts are with this Niners team is that I want a complete overhaul in the offensive line. Goodbye Tomlinson, goodbye Garland, goodbye Brunskill, Compton, McGlinchey, they can all go. And I get it, there's contracts that have to stay and, and I understand that, but... This offensive line is the key to Kyle Shanahan's system. And I said it before on your guys' podcast and my own podcast. It's not the QB. Shanahan can win with any QB. But when the offensive line is awful, he can't do anything. And we've seen that time and time again this year. But Akeem and Blair, would I be wrong in wanting the Niners to take a real hard look at overhauling this offensive line in the offseason, maybe going first-round offensive line? This offensive line needs high-quality talent in the interior, especially on that right side, I think worse than anything on this team. You're not wrong. Obviously, you do have to build on the offensive line. I think with McGlinchey, though, and we've talked about this a little bit, he's a bit of a head case. He's also underweight. And so I don't want to go ahead and jump out the window on McGlinchey just yet. I know he's underperforming. I know we get on him religiously. But I think if this guy puts on 15 pounds of muscle, he can be more productive than he is today. But you're not wrong. I don't think you grab that offensive lineman in the first round, but he is coming quickly right after that i think you have to get your quarterback though i think you just do that that ship has sailed and i think you have to go edge right you have to find because d ford that's that's not going to work out you have to go edge and i think after that you can address the offensive line what do you think akeem let me say this about lincoln thomason though uh for the past seven weeks he has been graded by pro football focus is like in his mid-70s 76 75 77 70. so he's not bad he's an average he's like a b player so I, I I would coach him up a little more, um, and 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 of course our left tackle is special, um, Trent Trent Williams is special. So you know then from center over, you, you're 100 percent correct. I am I am my ship is sailed on Mike McGlinchey, so I would not mind drafting a rookie, but I would say third round, uh, get a tackle. Um, I say quarterback first, 
quarterback, elite defensive end, because I don't think D Ford is coming back. But then right there, got to go offensive tackle. I agree with you. Um, but I do, I do believe that we still need to draft a quarterback because even good quarterbacks with bad offensive lines win football games. Russell Wilson is a prime example. He, he gets pressured the most in the NFL. He's been knocked down the most. I mean, he still does his thing. He has a terrible defense. We have to understand the new age quarterback has arrived. <laughs> we yeah. need to get, we need to get us one. We're, we're, we're out, we're outdated. If we think Jimmy G could just sit in the pocket two, three seconds, look to the fourth read and come back, the days is over. That's that West um, Coast offense. Scheme, yeah, the scheme is in there defensively. Their defensive end is too special. Um, I think I, I think you're right when it comes to the offensive line, and I do think Kyle Shanahan could damn near play with any quarterback, but it still needs to be a quarterback that can make great decisions. Nick, Nick Mullins don't make great decisions. Jimmy G makes great decisions, but he's just not talented arm-wise. So it's kind of like they both – if we can mush them two together, then we'll have some, we'll have a pretty good quarterback. Right now, we need one good one, and I think that needs to be our first pick in the draft. Well, I think Kyle Shanahan might agree with you. And before we get into that quickly, I want to ask you one question. I think we'll all agree here is that Tevin Coleman should never take another snap uh, snap in this red and gold. Two carries, a minus eleven yards. I'm done. Four point six nil, not worth it. Give me Wilson, Moser, Hasey when he's healthy, and maybe. It, Whoever it is, give me an undrafted guy. Tevin Coleman should never, ever take another snap in the red and gold. Is that something you guys agree with? Agree. I, I, I can't agree, man. I'm sorry. Agree for me. <laughs> let me let me say this, man. He's come in at some odd times. Yeah. When like let's just say he he's running behind like two straight runs, or we just we just ran for a first, then we got six yards. Here comes Coleman. Coleman come in. They already know we're running the ball. It's just – it's it, he comes – let's just say he comes in at a time where I feel like the play calling is kind of predictable. And I think as a old defensive player, I mean, defensive coordinator I was, I can kind of almost see a little bit why they're doing it. I just – I don't – for one, I don't think he's fully healthy. Um, but I still – I still agree with you when his money is way too much. So we got to move on. I, I think we can move on. I like Coleman for what he brings to us, um, but but Wilson and and, Mo, and Mostert's ability right now is surpassed his. So I'm not paying a third string uh, quarter. I'm running back that amount of money. Yeah, when you look at the price, it's just it's unnecessary. You already have a stable of backs that can give you more production than what you're getting out of this extremely high price tag. Um, I don't see Coleman returning in the red and gold. It's, um, it's laughable to walk away with negative yards. I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the record on that, but that's just, that's not the gold standard. That's not what we're trying to set. And so I think for that price tag, you have to move on. There's going to, this team is going to look completely uh, 180. It's, it's going to. You're going to see a whole bunch of new faces, and there's some players that we like today that are not going to be there in 2021. It's just what it is. We better sign Juice, I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, use check on KMBR said today, I'm sure you guys heard or at least read it, that they've had informal discussions on bringing him back in 2021. And I would assume that contract's somewhere around 16 to 20 mil like it was the last time they signed him because, let's be honest here, he hasn't lost a step and arguably is is one of the most important players to this offense. Um, but you mentioned 
players or people that we like on the team that aren't going to be here next year. And I think we should talk now about Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh Allen and this new age of quarterbacks. So, so Josh Allen on Monday, and I'll just read the stat line off, 32 for 40, that's 80, uh, an 80% comp percentage, 375 yards, four touchdowns, tied a career high, and a 75.2 QBR. Uh, I know Robert Sala called him a young Cam Newton earlier last week. Um, but to me, he looked a lot more like a in his prime yet younger Ben Roethlisberger, a guy who wasn't phased by any pressure. Uh, he has some physical abilities to himself, whether it's running out of the pocket or taking on a hit when need be. Um, but he was slinging it left and right all over the field, avoiding pressure. We could not stop him uh, by any means necessary. And so my question to you guys is, what did you make of Josh Allen not only torturing this defense, but did you see traits in him? that you said, God, we need a guy like that in San Francisco to take us to the next level in the NFC and in the NFL. Wholeheartedly. I mean, did you see his – I'm a big guy that looks at body language, and if you look in the helmet, right, you see his eyes approaching the line. There's not fear, right? There's not confusion. It's him dictating what he's going to do. Um, so that's pre-snap stuff, and that's something that I just don't see out of the guys that we have. And then once the game is rolling, he has a high football IQ because, like you said, he doesn't need to use the special talent in his legs first because the special talent in his arm is what gets him down the field, right? And so I love – he runs, right? He runs second, but he gets out of the pocket often. And that's something that the 49ers, we're just not doing. I don't know if it's uh, ACL injuries or it's just not designed that way, but getting out of the pocket, I've seen Aaron Rodgers kill teams for years like this. And so that's something that Josh Allen does very well to throw on the run accurately. That's phenomenal quarterback play and to seal the game, right? A lot of quarterbacks take their foot off the gas, whether it's a coach in their head or whether they're comfortable. Not this guy. He has that killer instinct. That's something that I look for in a quarterback. And I just, I wish that we can get some of that in red and gold going in 2021. I do see Cam Newton in him. Um, And the reason why is because they kind of both are just big specimen of football players, uh, big tough guys. Yeah, let's not forget Cam Newton was the MVP of the, of the NFL, um, did go to the Super Bowl. Um, so there was a time where you could say Cam Newton was the guy. And yeah. I see a lot of him in in him. Uh, I know I, I watched him in Wyoming, though. He was really good at Wyoming um, when there was nobody there but bums around him. Um, but I, I I like I just I like what he brings to the table. Like you said, I, I just saw I saw leadership. I saw the command of the offense. And it seemed like his team followed him um, because I, I, I still believe that on offense, our our captain on our offense is Kyle Shanahan. So, you know, I don't even know if he gives players freedom um, to call audibles unless you're Matty Ice. So I don't, I don't think that he had an opportunity, Jimmy G or Nick Mullins, to think beyond of what he's telling them in his ear. Um, so if I'm not mistaken, they said he talks to him all the way up to the, like to the, to the snap almost, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we definitely need a strong arm. I see a strong, vibrant, like young man that just looks so good. And I was jealous and I'm not gonna yeah. lie, man. I was, and I, and I tweeted it too, man. I said, it must be nice to have a, a strong, a young, strong quarterback 
that can throw hard and be accurate with it. I mean, and just command the offense. So, yeah, nah, and I think he's better than Cam. I think he's going to be better than Cam. I think he's going to have a better career. I think Cam Newton, the Kaepernick's, even Lamar Jackson, their style of play can be figured out. I think Lamar Jackson's getting figured out this season, and I think he's going to have a rough future going uh, going ahead. But Josh Allen, he presents the tangibles, right? The the classic quarterback style play. Can you throw the ball running second? And I just think um, he's going to have a little bit more longevity. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons, though. He's got a lot of weapons, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I think a quarterback is just as good as the weapons. And when you don't have any weapons and you're still good, that's what makes you elite. Oh, and yeah. that's why, for me, when, when they sign Diggs and, and them over there, I mean, just the offensive coordinator believes in them. Um, just, just the way he looks. Um, uh, yeah. See, Jimmy G has nothing but weapons. <laughs> we have nothing but weapons on our team, and, and we still can't complete too many passes. So I'm just – I'm ready I'm ready for the whole – the move on to happen. Well, I think the most egregious stat line from Monday was on balls thrown over 20 yards by Josh Allen. He was 6 for 6, 159 yards and two touchdowns. And that kind of goes into both your point of saying we want this strong arm quarterback who can command an offense – but I'm pretty sure it was Akeem who said this, that uh, Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Bills, he, he believes and he trusts Josh Allen to run the offense. He has confidence in him. And before I get into my next question, I have a, a question I just thought of right now, which is, do you think Kyle Shanahan ever, at any point in the Jimmy Garoppolo tenure, has ever felt that confidence, ever felt the belief that Jimmy Garoppolo, where he doesn't need to talk to him 15 seconds prior to the snap? Or, or, or try to coach him the entire time. Like, do you think he's ever felt a way where he can hand over the keys to the offense? Because uh, one of you said Kyle Shanahan is the captain of the offense. Well, to me, that's a problem. Kyle Shanahan should not be the captain of the offense. I understand he's the offensive coordinator and he's the head coach, but you do not put a C on someone's chest who is your quarterback and not expect them to be the captain of the offense. Do you guys see a problem in that? And, and is there something there? I, I think it, I think it's always been there. I think I listened to your podcast. Um, I don't know about a month ago, and uh, I think one of your guests said, or either you said it, said um, he he thinks Kyle Shanahan has one foot in, one foot out on Jimmy G, and I and I to- totally believe that, and I think that was a great analogy. Um, but I, I also think he sees him in practice every day. I don't think we understand. I've coached football for sixteen years, high school football. I played Division One football. And I, so I know the game just a little bit. I'm not an expert. But what I will tell you is practice says a lot about who we have. You know, they're, they're, we used to have a guy, and, and he wasn't a quarterback. He was a wide receiver. When, when I tell you this kid would catch everything in practice, he would catch literally everything in practice. Fade routes, dig routes, uh, drags, uh, um, um, verts, whatever, whatever we wanted him to do, he would catch that ball in traffic with three people on him. But when we got in the football game, his hands wasn't the same. So when I tell you that our quarterback that actually went to uh, end up going somewhere, um, he he just didn't trust him. And he used to tell us, I don't want to throw it to him because it's, he's not going to catch the ball. And this is the relationship and the rapport him and them both had. And we knew too, though. So as a coach – you're not dialing up plays for him, right? We're not doing any of that. We're, we're trying him out the first quarter. You know, we're trying him out maybe the second quarter. But when the pennies and the dollars are on the line, I am not throwing it to this guy. 
So I just think it's a thing about trust. I think Kyle Shanahan's, he's seen it, right? He's seen Kirk Cousins bring his team to the playoffs with bums, right? He's seen Matty Ice go all the way to the Super Bowl with great players and a good defense. So he knows what it looks like to have somebody under center that can run this offense, be accurate this offense, command this offense. He's seen it. And when you got Jimmy G out there, Nick Mullins, and you you just assessing like, yeah, this, 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 this may not be it. What do you got, Blair? I think you ask when was the trust there or if the trust was ever there. And I'm going to say this. I believe about that second or third game in 2017 when Jimmy Garoppolo was going on that five-game winning streak. I think in that second or third game, Kyle Shanahan saying, I did it. I got the guy. Look, we were losing every game. Now that he's here, we're winning all the games. And I think he wanted to build that trust right there, right? Jimmy finishes the season undefeated. He doesn't lose any of those games. The contract comes. And I think right in that training camp is when the trust started to go down the drain. Like Akeem said, it's no secret, okay? Jimmy Garoppolo has some deficiencies when it comes to arm talent. He just does. He looks great, fires the team up, sometimes can make the five-yard pass, can toss the ball really well to running backs, But when it comes to the tangibles of being an elite quarterback, he just doesn't show that. I think from the get-go, right after the contract, after those games went in, especially when Jimmy Garoppolo decides to take on a linebacker instead of going out of bounds, that's a bonehead play. If I'm I'm a head coach, (laughs) I'm going to say, whoa, my guy that's calling the shots decided to take on a linebacker. People can say, oh, that's tough, and you you want your quarterback – what court? I mean, you tell me the elite quarterbacks that are that are going shoulder first. If they're not built that way, Josh Allen's built that way. Okay, Patrick Mahomes is built that way. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo was built that way. I think Kyle Shanahan seen it early after 2017. The trust was gone. Well, John Lynch on Monday made comment about Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle how they are progressing really well. They had a great practice. Uh, he also made comment that, you know, we expect both these guys to be here next year. Now, Kittle is under contract, and so is Garoppolo, but we all know Kittle will definitely be back here. And yes, you can say we heard that last year with Buckner, and you know, that's very true. But the one thing I wanted to bring up was, I'm not sure if you guys remember a few years ago, maybe it was last year, earlier on in the year we heard reports that there might be some dissension or some disagreement uh, in the Niners organization. And I'm pretty sure it was Matt Miller from Bleacher Report who had the you know, the scoop. And... I honestly didn't want to believe it. No Niner fan did at the time. But fast-forwarding now to where we are in 2020, in this quarterback controversy situation here, I look back and I say, okay, I see it. I see that there was some dissension, disagreement, where John Lynch kind of stole Jimmy Garoppolo from Belichick in New England because Belichick had to. He had to get rid of him. And Kyle Shanahan said I'm not sold on him yet and there have been people who I've talked to and I'm sure you guys have too where Shanahan and Lynch while Lynch was more excited about it they felt somewhat forced to have to pay Jimmy Garoppolo his large contract and the reason why that they gave him this deal and structured the way they did was to say hey we're going to take a chance on you in the first two to three years and give ourselves an out 
Just in case, if we made a mistake and you aren't the guy who you we saw for the first uh, five games in 2017, we can say goodbye and try to rebuild this thing. And I think that's what we're seeing here. And you guys know me more than anybody in this Niners community. I love myself, Jimmy Garoppolo. I, it's probably because I have an emotional connection with him going through the knee injury, seeing what this team was in 2017, where they were in 2018 without him, and now going 2019, now seeing where they are now. It's just like, I want this guy to win. I want this guy to be the guy to to change the balance and bring us back to the top because he's he's been there before, and there's still a part of me, a sliver of me that believes he can do it again. But Kyle Shanahan said something, I think, very telling today as to what or where his eyes are at on the quarterback market, and I'll just read you some small clips of it here. He says that things change, people change. I evaluate quarterbacks in terms of trying to find people who have a chance to be one of those elite type guys. Now, after what we talked about Shanahan and Garoppolo, we've heard for the past five months, six months, it's very clear that Kyle Shanahan and most Snyder fans now do not believe Jimmy Garoppolo is one of those elite guys. And so my question to you, and if I can ask Kyle Shanahan, would be, who are some of those elite guys? Because I've talked to you guys on your podcast, and I said, it doesn't matter what we want. We can want Stafford or whatever. It only matters what Kyle Shanahan wants. But I think by what he's saying here is that we may see kind of a tide turn in exactly what Shanahan wants and what he's looking for. So I want you guys to put on your Kyle Shanahan caps and tell me, who are the who are some of those elite guys out there you look at? So for me, I, I like Matty Ice coming. I know it's familiarity. Um, that means we could still draft a – because, you know, they're, they're not really – they're kind of out on him in Atlanta too because his staff is gone. He's been there. They haven't won a Super Bowl. He still has a vibrant arm. If you look at the Falcons, they're still competing, even though they're not a good football team. It's him throwing the rock. I mean, he's him. He's in their commanding offense. I would love to have him on a two-year deal, bring him in on a two-year deal, is draft a rookie in the first round, a nice – rookie that that we know that can help us win right away um and then we can develop him and 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 go that route um I think the second guy would be Matthew Stafford I love Matthew Stafford and his cannon arm he can make all the throws he's he's a guy who doesn't need a running game so that tells you he can carry a team if he needs to if our running game is not working he can throw 350 yards and that's what I mean by somebody could come in um, and with some type of experience right now. I wouldn't want to put a rookie in right now with us only because I think we, we're ready to go now. If we're healthy, we can go to the Super Bowl with an elite quarterback. The missing puzzle piece right now, even with all of our problems, with our O-line problems, is just a quarterback that can really uh, threaten downfield. When Nick Mullins threw it, threw the ball to Brandon Ayuk for the first time, deep I, I was I was excited but most teams are used to that they're used to guys being able to do that if we can complete that our running game will go crazy and I think we would be again in the Super Bowl what do you got I would like to see and this is not going to be favorable by many 49er fans but I don't care I would like to see Jimmy Garoppolo's contract be restructured i would like to see him come out 2021 after we draft a young guy when you say elite i like trey lance okay i like trey lance i like trask but i'm leaning more towards trey lance i don't think you go out and pay a veteran 
right? You kind of have a veteran in Jimmy Garoppolo who knows the system for even if it's not at an elite level. I think he can stick around. I think you can restructure this so you, the team is still safe um, where you can let him go cut him, do whatever you need to do after you develop your young quarterback, your elite quarterback. But I really think they're, they're going to be leaning towards that Trask or they're going to be leaning towards Trey Lance in the draft. I think those are the quarterbacks that would be available to them. Let me, let me jump in here for a second and hit on that restructure. And while to every Niner fan, it makes sense. Why can't the guy just restructure, maybe keep him for a year and then draft a guy like you said. I think a lot of the times we tend to neglect Jimmy Garoppolo's point of view. When we're only, we're only looking at the, the Niners roster and Shanahan's, let's look at Jimmy Garoppolo's point of view for a second. He's looking at a team that he led to a Super Bowl, should have been victory. And for many reasons, not only him, that team lost. Coming into 2020, this is quote-unquote the revenge tour, all hell breaks loose, everything goes wrong by week two. And the season collapses in on itself. He gets re-hurt. He's sitting here on a team where he's going to make $24 million next year. Not guaranteed. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm saying either I'm your franchise guy or I'm out of here. Don't, re- don't restructure me. Trade me or just let me go. Because I have no reason to be here if you don't want me here. It's like being in a relationship dating a girl or a guy, and you say, hey, like, you're treating me kind of poor, you send other things to your friends, and I'm getting, I'm hearing them back to me, and it doesn't make me feel good. And I get it, you're an NFL athlete, you're supposed to be harder than that, have kind of a hard shell on the outside, like the like the caramel you buy from Walmart that, that gets hard when it gets colder, and it cracks when it gets warmer. It, it's like you have to have that hard shell. And I think Jimmy Grappo has that hard shell, but to a certain point, when does the bow break? When does he say, I'm done? Because... Niner fans are done, or certain Niner fans are done. Kyle Shanahan could be done. But when does Jimmy Garoppolo become done? I don't think he'll be done. I really don't. I think he is so arrogant on the inside that he will face the challenge head on. And to your point, okay, it's unfortunate for Jimmy Garoppolo, but this is the business. He has no cards. He has no cards. If he decides to take his ball and, and run or go home, you're, you're going to have a clipboard for a long, long time, or you can stick around and try to make yourself an elite quarterback or your other option. Like you said, you can walk away and take your chances in free agency, but the whole NFL knows the scoop on Jimmy G blitz him and see what he can do. And so I just think he's in a tough, tough spot. He's going to have to stick this one out. And I think his arrogance, he's going to try to come back and challenge it. He misses too many games also, man. Um, that was a terrible stab we've seen on on uh, Sunday night. And I, I just, you know, it's, fru- it's frustrating. Monday, I'm sorry. Uh, it's frustrating. And, and just to see that golf, Tyler, uh, Kyler Murray and, and Russell Wilson did not miss a start yet. Just to see yeah. that. And then our quarterback with 26 games he's missed. I mean, that that to me tells me that you need to go. I don't care about what he wants. <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying, man, but this is a business. And let me say, when you got a Super Bowl team ready to go to the Super Bowl, because we are, with Nick Bosa and the guys, we got to remember, we still got a, got some rookie contracts right now we got to take advantage of. 
So we we got to win now. We don't we don't really have the time to play around with Jimmy another year because right when Jimmy leaves, if he just decides to be trash another year, we drafted a quarterback. Yes, but we still got to pay Fred Warner. We we got to pay Nick Bosa. We got to pay guys now, right? So and then Debo Samuel. Uh, we we got to start paying these guys, man. And Trent Taylor, I mean not Trent Taylor, but Trent Williams, uh, it's gonna it's gonna come up. So so after this year, so I don't think he's schematically. I don't think he's in the scheme of what we're trying to do long term. So I understand what we're all saying, but we really need to get a winner in right now to take advantage of these rookie contracts. Because when we once we have to pay them, we're going to lose major guys. We won't be able to hold on to the KBs and the and the, and the Ronald Blairs and all these deep, all these these linemen that's going to cost us money. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm telling yeah. you, man. You said Jimmy Garoppolo won't be in the scheme just because of money issues. I don't think he's ever been in the scheme of Kyle Shanahan. And I think and I think that's kind of been where it's been at since 2017 when they acquired him. But let's look at the draft order now. Talking about quarterbacks, talking about rookie guys who they need to get, whether it's keeping Garoppolo for a year and getting a guy and letting him develop under Shanahan, and hopefully Shanahan can like him. Because, and, and let's be brutally honest here, quarterback is the one position where it should be Shanahan's decision wholeheartedly. John Lynch should have no say. It's Kyle Shanahan's guy. Now, I've granted Shanahan or Lynch could say, look, it's not going to fit with the money, but if there's any position... Quarterback is the one Shanahan has to make, has to pick his guy. Because if it's not his guy, then we fall right back into where we are now, where Shanahan saying, oh, I can win with him, but he's never truly saying, I want him, that this is the guy. And so I think we can all agree here that they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, they're not going to get Justin Fields, which then leaves them this kind of sweet spot where it's Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Kyle Trask. And Blair, you mentioned Kyle Trask, and and I'll say what I see from Kyle Trask, and yes, the numbers are great, but I see Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0 with a weaker arm. And and that could just be me, uh, but Niner fans have, I don't want to call it a fetish, but it's, it's not that far yet, but but they are they are they have their eyes dead set on Zach Wilson. And when I look at the draft order here, it's Cincinnati at three, they don't need a quarterback. Maybe Dak Prescott comes to San Francisco. Let me ask you guys that first. Dak Prescott, Mark Spears said today on ESPN that he thinks Dak Prescott should be out of Dallas and come to San Francisco. Would you guys welcome Dak Prescott with open arms? But let me remind you, he was asking for $38 million a year from Dallas. Would you want a guy coming off a brutal leg injury like Garoppolo was in 2018 coming to the team now in 2021? No. Um, and I don't think his asking price would be that now, but... Um, if it did, it would, that's ludicrous. We would never, I, no, no, no way. <laughs> I don't care who you are. I mean, it better be Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah. you know, for 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 that type of price tag coming over, um, I, I can't see Dak Prescott. Well, to be honest with you, man, he's, you know, I don't want to talk about somebody else's team. So, but I will say he deserves the money he gets. He should get that type of money, um, because that's what the market's paying, and you know, uh, but we're not paying that. I mean, we have too many stars on our team. They didn't. Um, they had a couple guys, you know, when he's trying to get paid. But look at them. Look how they look without him. You know what I mean? We, we, yeah. Look how we look without Jimmy. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we, we're all right. I mean, we, 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 
we're 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 not a great football team, but he doesn't make us. I think he's a, a notch above, like Nick Mullins. Like Nick Mullins is not <laughs> Nick, Nick Mullins is not Jimmy G, and no, like Jimmy G is a better football player. But what what I'm saying is what what Nick Mullins has, Jimmy G doesn't. And I keep telling y'all this, but that's why we look the way. It's like both of these guys are missing, like major things you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so we can't we can't gamble we just can't gamble going into this year like i i, I haven't like you you made me look at jones the other day i so you know i brought jones up looked nah. at some film i ain't gonna lie man the guy impressed me he he the, the one thing i'm concerned about is the school he goes to yeah yep you know and, and that and that that's the same thing that goes with you know um ohio state quarterbacks um, you know, other than Carson Palmer, the USC quarterbacks, um, yeah, it's just something about the school that I'm afraid of. But other than that, man, the film jumps out at you, and I can see us doing some work. He has a uh, an arm; he puts it on you, um, and you can tell he's he's he, some kids are just born to play quarterback, and it looks like that's what he is. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, Zach is probably my favorite. Um, only because he's so athletic, but he didn't look good this week against bum team. Nope. A, a bum team. And um, nope. I looked at the film on that one, and he was struggling to complete some passes. Um, so he's not invincible, of course, but against that team, he should have destroyed them. And that's not a good look going into the draft. Okay. Would I love, would I love to have Dak Prescott in red and gold? absolutely he shows you more than flashes he gets out of the pocket he can scramble i think he can throw the deep ball he's tough players want to play for him he's everything that we're not seeing currently um 30 million and those numbers contracts and all that i mean that can be worked out and i think you it's a business Coming off the injury helps whatever team he's going to, helps you in the negotiation. He doesn't want to be there. I think that'd be phenomenal to have Dak come over. Wow. Um, it, it, it would just be – it'd be an improvement to what we have currently. Um, the current quarterback play is just – it's lousy. It's average. Dak Prescott is way better than average, and I'd love to see him in the red and gold. It's kind of it's kind of hard to say Dak Pre- – I mean, it's, this is a horrific injury, though, too, like – so I don't really know if we could, we should even consider that. Um, we just we're a Super Bowl team, man, and he's going to want to get paid. So I would say no. I, I would probably rather go another year with Jimmy G than bring in a quarterback we're going to overpay for. Well, isn't that kind of the big thing now where Niner fans, maybe even John Lynch, believe, and maybe even Kyle Shanahan think this, they are over already overpaying for a quarterback. So why would you pay even more for a different quarterback? Now, again, the quarterback position – unfortunately in the NFL can make or break your team like the Seahawks Russell Wilson makes or breaks that team and I don't know I, I people want to talk about well we, we're in a position to win now I don't want to take a risk I don't, I don't want to take this big risk but let's be honest here let's say you draft the quarterback at 14 whoever it is whether it's Trask or Jones or Wilson there's going to be a massive risk in any of those guys because guess what those guys can be Patrick Mahomes, probably won't be, or they could be Josh Rosen. And now again, 
it's the NFL. You don't know who's going to be who unless you are bona fide Deshaun Watson going number four, whatever it was, to the to, to, to Texans. Like, there are only certain guys that are given he's going to be a superstar. Trevor Lawrence is one, and I don't see any of the rest of these quarterbacks and go, that's the other guy. Now, we can pick and choose Mac Jones, and I, and I love Mac Jones. That's the guy who I think fits the Niners' sweet spot, where it's people want Zach Wilson. I, I see a team like Carolina or, or Atlanta, maybe even Washington. If Sala goes to Detroit, does that affect how they view Matt Stafford? Maybe he comes to San Francisco. I don't know what they're going to do there. Like There are eight, nine teams ahead of San Francisco who might want a quarterback. Like People need to realize this, and I've said it plenty of times. The Niners, if they don't trade up, they may be in a position where there isn't a quarterback there. That there isn't a guy even there. And they may be forced to either get a veteran guy like a Stafford or Matt Ryan, who has a huge cap hit. Pretty sure he would cost Atlanta like $45 mil just to trade him, which might put them off on that. But they, the Niners might be forced to keep Garoppolo and draft the guy in the third round. And all this talk is is useless. Now, granted, it's important to have because this team is a Super Bowl-caliber team when healthy. And I think, to a certain extent, Garoppolo is part of that. But I understand. You, you get a Mac Jones or a Zach Wilson, honestly, you, you put Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, whoever it is, this team is automatically better. It, it has a different element to it Garoppolo doesn't have. And that's what we all want. We, we want the next thing and the next big thing, you know, Cue the Brock Lesnar theme song. The next big thing comes up. Like, we all want that. But the problem is, San Francisco may not be in a position to even get the next big thing. And they might have to settle. And it's going to piss off a ton of Niner fans. And it's going to be funny to a certain extent. But also going to be kind of hard to look at. Because people are going to be so divided like they already are on who the quarterback is. And I can tell you now, the last thing you want to do is move laterally. Or have Nick Mullins for 16 games next year. And waste another year of this run because whether Shanahan was too stubborn on Garoppolo or they had to free up money. Like this is 2020 has been a, has a lot of positive to it. You can get rid of guys like Quan and you can get rid of guys like Coleman, hopefully, but has a lot of tough situations and a lot of tough questions that have to be answered in the off season. And like you said, Blair, this team's going to look a lot different, but it could look a lot different in a ways that Niner fans don't like. And I can easily see this team taking a step back next year and being a 9-7, and 10-6 and six team uh, in the wild card game, or maybe even on the outside looking in again, because this NFC West is so tough. But let's focus on this Sunday very quickly. They're playing the Washington football team. Alex Smith has got that team playing phenomenal football. Kudos to Ron Rivera. They just beat the Steelers for the first time all season. They're 5-7. and seven. The Niners this year, they're 5-7. and seven. Like This is a team where the Washington football team could easily leave Sunday with a better record than San Francisco 49ers. Now, none of us thought we'd ever say that this year, at least this year. But Sunday, what do the Niners have to do to hopefully save this season if it can be saved? Pass rush. There has to be pressure on the quarterback without the pressure. I mean, that's why the defense looked so good in 2019. Like, I mean, Richard Sherman, people are, are forgetting Richard Sherman looked good because he had a great front seven in Seattle. He looked good in 2019. Why? Another great front seven. If you don't have any pressure, I think Washington easily beats the 49ers. I think the L.A. Rams game, you got to – people had to stop looking at that and look at the team for what it is today. This team is not the Super Bowl contenders that it was in 2019. I think Washington has a really great chance of – 
kind of throwing it over the top without any pressure. I mean, if you just allow the quarterback to sit in the back untouched, right, and he's completely comfortable, your corners don't have a chance. And we're still without K-1. And I think that is a that is a huge piece of the defense that people are kind of looking over. Without that that um, corner blitz, right? That's what he's so good at. I mean, he's good in the slot too. But that corner blitz, it gets to the quarterback, it makes him uncomfortable. You don't have that in Washington. I think that's what's going to be lacking for the rest of the season. You're going to, it's going to have a tough time winning games, especially this next one on Sunday. I just think we got to protect the football. I, I've seen this stat: six straight games with two turnovers or more. I think if we can eliminate the football, eliminate eliminate turnover the football. I think if we if we play some ball control, um, you know, offense with you know our running attack, uh, pass when we need to get Debo in early um, into the game scheme. Um, but I, I think we got an opportunity to win that football game, seventeen to ten. Um, I think and and I think because Alex Smith is not as mobile and he's not going to be running on us like that. We we may even get a couple sacks in there. Um, I don't see Washington as being a huge offensive threat I, their D-line is really good but the way we run our you know run the ball and then and then we have a good zone blocking scheme so that's why the Rams struggle against us they got a pretty good D-line too and the best player in football and we kind of neutralize them normally because of our scheme and how we run things kind of slows them down makes them think a little bit they can't just tee off um, so I'm not really I'm not really concerned with that I'm only concerned with our, with our turnovers if we can protect the football, we can win this football game. That's the one thing I said against the Bills. Keep it simple, stupid Nick Mullins. If you keep no turnovers, give me two touchdowns or one touchdown, 250 yards. And now he passed that by a mile, but unfortunately turnovers came into play. If there was one player, and Blair, you already said if K1 was there, it'd be a big difference. But if there's one player to look out for on Sunday, who is that for San Francisco? Who needs to be the X factor to get a W against the Washington football team? Mostert, Mostert, Mostert. That's what we need. We need those bang, bang runs, those untouched runs. That's what sets up the play action pass. That's what this offense really is, right? I mean, you see some special plays here and there, but let's break it down to its whole. That's what the team wants to do. They want to run the ball, and then they want to hit you over the top. I think it's pretty simple. Like you said, if they can keep it simple, then I guess you have you have a chance there, but we'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tough. I mean, the team is depleted. It, mm. I, I, I just look at across the board from spe- special teams isn't even performing the same way. I mean, there's players on special teams that you're gonna to need to step up, right? I mean, defense mm. is getting gashed. Offense, uh, offensive line. Could, Trent Williams could could go for a really big game. I could see Trent Williams maybe setting setting the edge there, allowing Mostert to get around. But I think it comes down to it comes down to Mostert getting some big runs. I got Nick Mullins, man. I think Nick Mullins has to play well, and I think it's with his decision making. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know, but he has to play well, and I just think we can't throw interceptions. We we can't take sacks. I mean, we got to throw the ball away. Um, he seems really jitter, jitterly in the pocket when he when he finally gets hit. I don't know if you noticed, but if he gets knocked down, man, he's a whole different player. But when he's he, flustered, when he's, when he's clean, man, he's throwing it with confidence, man. So we just need him to control the ball, um, hand it off. Um, throw it accurately down the field. Um, take what the defense gives you. You don't have to always throw it 15 to 20 yards. Uh, but as long as he protects the football, we should be all right. On a sadder note, this Sunday was supposed to be Chase Young versus Nick Bosa, Trent Williams' revenge tour. 
uh, Garoppolo against Smith. They had the Mud Bowl last year. Supposed to be kind of a celebratory day for football fans. But this Sunday, if I asked you guys for your score prediction, what happens on Sunday? Do the Niners somehow salvage this season and get to 6-7 and seven and have an outside chance to get in the playoffs? Or is, does the season finally end and Alex Smith put the nail in the coffin for San Francisco on Sunday? I think we're a better football team, even with what we have right now than the Washington Redskins. So um, they played expired football against the Steelers. I don't think they'll play that expired. Against, I don't think they'll be the expired against us to play. And I think we should go out there and uh, play 49er football. And I think, I think we can score some points on them. Um, and I think we should come out and control the game from, from start to finish. I got Washington putting up at least 24 Niners not getting to 20. I see if, uh, two touchdowns and a field goal, 24-17, Washington. Well, I was going to say 24-20, to 20, Washington. But with that said, guys, I really appreciate you being on the show. Akeem Blair, tell us where you can find your podcast and follow you guys on social media. Oh, you can find us at the 49ers Empire Podcast. Um, we're on YouTube. You can find us at the Empire Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. We're coming at you Monday and Wednesday, 7 to 7.30. Depends on how the day is going. Mm-hmm. Um, please look out for the uh, the weekly report after the games as well. Um, we're always, always on Twitter 24-7. Go ahead and shoot us some questions. If you don't like something that we said, Go ahead and check us, and we'll see if we can get that resolved. Um, but, yeah, thank you for having us on, Sterling. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. been a pleasure, brother. Akeem and Blair had a lot of great news for us tonight. They're wonderful guys. If you don't know or don't listen to the 49er Empire podcast, please check it out. They give great insight, have wonderful interviews, and they are two great guys in this 49ers community. But just like they said to follow them on social media, why don't you follow us on social media? Instagram is at 49ers.access. Twitter is at 49ers underscore access. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation today. Dak Prescott to San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo's dumb. We've heard it over and over and over again, but this Sunday is pivotal. If you want to keep the season alive, it's the huge game ahead of us against Washington. And until then, guys, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a review. And until next time, My name is Sterling Bennett, and stay faithful.